1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: It's Thursday, February 11th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes-y, uh we creep ever closer to the opening of spring training, less than a week away. Uh, but uh, as, as we do so, the Indians have been rather silent uh, just in the last week after a flurry of moves over over uh, you know signing of Eddie Rosario, re- bringing back Cesar Hernandez. Uh, meanwhile, the other teams in the division, uh, notably the Royals uh, and the Twins, have been making uh, some, some sort of under the radar moves. Uh, uh, the biggest of which for the Royals, I guess, last night, they, they made a trade a three team trade with the Mets and the Red Sox. And they brought in Andrew Benatendi, uh, one time, one of the, you know, the highest rated outfield prospect types. So he's, he's a five war player at one time. And this is a guy who uh, looks like the, the Red Sox are just giving up on they've traded him to uh, the Royals and, and, Uh, The Indians might have had some interest uh, in him earlier in the off season, but uh, that sort of fell through Ben attending now going to be in the division playing for the Royals and uh, they've, they've started to make some moves out there in Kansas city.
1: Yeah. You know, the uh, Kansas city is going to be, I think they're going to be a competitive ball club, Joe, you know, they've added Ben you know, they added Carlos Santana early, early in the off season. They brought back Wade Davis. They re-signed Greg Holland as their closer. And, uh, you know, so uh, got the Irvin Santana is in camp on a minor league deal. So that should be interesting. They're going to be an interesting club. You know, Benintendi probably takes a spot of uh, Alex Gordon, who retired. He can move into left field there. And, you know, hopefully he's healthy, you know, because uh, it's a guy that I think he's making like six million this year, 6.6 million this year. And they've got him for another year. And then he's a free agent.
0: Right, and it's 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 interesting that you draw that uh, Alex Gordon comparison, or you know, saying that he, he takes that spot because because really, when I think of the two of those when I think of Alex Gordon playing at his best, and I think of Andrew Benintendi when he's healthy, those are two very comparable players.
1: Oh yeah, and you know, Benintendi, what two years ago in, in the uh, what in the uh, 2018 postseason, he was like the hero, wasn't he? Right, right. I mean, he saved him against Houston. Uh, made some great catches in left field, big hits, and then uh, you know I guess he had some injury problems last season. But uh, the Red Sox got off him awfully, awfully quick because usually I remember Francona, Terry Francona, just loving this guy, you know, just you know raving about him when he first came up. Uh, so some you know obviously something happened in Boston, or you know they've had a change in uh, a change in their uh, opinion of him.
0: Well, and you remember he, the he, 2016 was the first year he came up and, and he was, he was out there playing in the, in, in the playoffs against the Indians. And uh, it was, it was one of those things where he seemed rather mortal at that time. He, he was, he seemed like a rookie uh, in the playoffs back then, but then you fast forward two years later and he's
1: helping them win a world series. Yeah, and uh, so you know, and that, I think he was like, wasn't he the top-rated prospect in all of baseball? Mm-hmm. When when he came up to the big leagues, so you know, there, there's some talent there. Obviously, somebody liked him, and uh, you know, in Kansas City, you got a, you know, he's going to have a chance maybe to get out of, you know, out of the fishbowl of Fenway Park into a bigger ballpark where he can run a little bit and uh, maybe not so much uh, pressure as, as that, and maybe that'll maybe that'll help him.
0: Probably a good move for for Benintendi. Uh, definitely a good move for the Royals. Uh, so the Royals not uh, not sitting back and uh, just sort of seeing what happens. They're going out and making moves and 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 trying to uh, you know be competitive in what looks to be a, a pretty competitive division. You've you've still got the Twins who who brought back uh, Nelson Cruz. Uh, they signed Jay Happ. Uh, they signed Alex Colomay as their closer after lose, losing Trevor May to the, to the Mets. Uh, they also bring in Andrelton Simmons from the, uh, from the Angels, and he's going to play shortstop. And this is a guy, uh, after Jorge Polanco basically cost them uh, a, a, a series win in the, in the playoffs last year with his defense, uh, you bring in Andrelton Simmons, who's probably one of the top, if not the top, defensive shortstop in the
1: game. Yeah. Now you look at that infield, uh, you know, Polanco, I guess would go to second base. That's what people are saying. Mm-hmm. Got Sano at, at third at first. And, uh, I can never remember. Who's the guy at third? Josh, thir- Donaldson. Josh Donaldson. If he stays healthy, you know, Donaldson hasn't had much luck staying healthy uh, since he came to the AL central, but Donaldson, uh, Simmons, um, then you got Polanco is a good hitter and Sano. That's a pretty good in infield right there. And, uh, you know, you, and, and like you said, they added, uh, they added half, they added column um it's, you know, they, and they did this all real. It seemed like they waited till right to the end, Joe, or late That's in spring good. training, you know, they, they kind of were laying in the weeds and then they just kind of pounced. And it'll be interesting. We were talking about uh, Odorizzi. Will they, will they go, go back and bring him back? You know, he had kind of a tough luck season last year after taking a qualifying offer from the Twins,
0: right? Yeah, that's the that's still like the biggest fish that's still out there in the free agent market. Uh, you know, is there a team that's that's gonna you know, pony up and, and pay Oderizzi as a free agent, or is he gonna you know land back with the Twins? I, you know, New York still seems like a, a logical fit for him, but but who knows? Uh, you know, maybe the the Angels are, are still looking for a starter as well. Uh, that starting rotation led by Kenta Maeda, who was a finalist for the American league Cy Young last year. Uh, You've got Maeda, you've got Happ is, 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 is in there. Uh, And everybody still forgets about Jose Barrios. And and that's a guy who can, can really be a dominant pitcher when he gets, gets going really well. Uh, He's just been, he's been so up and down lately, the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. I don't think we've seen the best of Barrios. He's still a pretty young guy. Um, I think you know if he you know can mature and and get you know consistent, he's gonna be he's gonna be a pit, he's gonna pitch for a long time in, in the big leagues for sure, and he's he should be a big part of that rotation.
0: What he needs is the Indians player development staff to, to get a hold of them. those. Those are the kind of guys that that turn a player like Barrios around. Uh, guys has all that talent, and then they just develop them. Uh, so for the Indians, uh, obviously facing. It, it, the division got tougher over the offseason. They, they, they lost the, the top player probably in the division in Francisco Lindor. He's, he's gone. But the Indians managed to, to make a couple of moves to, to at least stay even with some of these teams or, or keep their place. Uh, do you see them improving in the offseason compared to what the rest of the, uh, the, the division did?
1: Uh, Joe, I think, uh, you know, they were struggling offensively last year. I think it's still going to be a struggle for them to score runs. Uh, even with the addition of Hernandez and Eddie Rosario, this is, uh, you know, this is a team that doesn't scare you, you know, except for maybe four, three or four, three or four guys in the lineup. And you still got to do something about that bottom of the lineup, which was, you know, death Valley last year.
0: Right. Exactly. And, uh, you know, as we head to spring training, that that will all remain to be seen. Uh, we've got questions about the lineup and, and uh, we posted yesterday uh, what we thought the, the lineup would be against left handers and right handers uh, sort of trying to predict and, and use the crystal ball there. Uh, we did get some feedback from our subtext users and our subscribers there. Uh, you want to dive into some of these responses here? Uh, with me, Paul. We'll uh, we'll read through a few of them. How's that? Yeah, that's great. Okay, uh, this one here uh, comes from the two six seven area code. Don't know where that is, but uh, I believe he says the he thinks center field is the biggest risk. I'm not definitely sold on Mercado in 2019. Uh, neither of uh, you know Paul or Joe mentioned Bradley Zimmer, so I'm assuming he goes to Columbus. Is there anyone on the scrap heap that might fall in the one to $2 million uh, range to challenge Mercado? Uh, Same thing for a right-handed bat, push uh, Bowers or Bradley um, to the outfielder or wherever. Uh, Prefer to see Bradley opening in Columbus, bring him up after 60 games if Bauer washes out. So that that brings up an interesting point uh, about Bradley Zimmer. We really didn't talk about Bradley Zimmer. Uh, whether he has options or what they're, what they're got to do with him. Is this uh, a make or break spring training for Bradley Zimmer? I think he's got one option left. He
1: does. Okay. And um, is it a make or break spring training? I I don't know. Um, Yeah. I would think it's time, you know, he's been, he's had like two years, probably two years removed, two and a half years removed from that shoulder injury. We should start seeing, you know just what kind of player he is now and i think we did see a little bit he swung a bat great in in spring training too uh when the indians came back when the players came back in july last year showed some power uh he can still run um but you know as as far as the lineup goes i don't see him as a number 2 hitter do you joe i know
0: no definitely not that i if you if you played him enough uh he'd strike out 110 times in a season that's that's given
1: yeah I think you know this is a guy that you know maybe he hit if he's going good and he's showing some power maybe you hit him sixth or seventh, and if not he's probably you know a seven eight or nine hitter to me I mean he could be an ambush guy down at the bottom of the lineup with with the power he has but you know he's he's got to put his game back together again and and uh, you know this is so this this is a critical year a critical spring for him
0: as as far as the the point that one of the, one of the points that this the subscriber was trying to make here, do they have anybody to challenge Mercado in center field? I would think that they would try to bring bring along a, an, an internal candidate to do that, somebody like a, a, a Daniel Johnson uh, to to challenge Mercado in center field. I don't necessarily see uh, them going out and,
1: and bringing in uh, somebody on a minor's deal to do that. No, I don't think so. I think they'd use one of their guys, uh, you know, either Johnson. Johnson has played a lot of center field in the minors. We haven't seen him much there, you know, with with his, you know, in a couple of spring trainings he's had with the Indians, but perhaps he could he could play out there.
0: With Indians baseball right around the corner, there's never been a better time for you to register for Indian subtext. Our subscriber-based service gives you the inside scoop and analysis on the Indians for three ninety-nine a month. You get everything we're hearing and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions. It's a great way to avoid the trolls on social media. and It's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland baseball talk podcast. Why should you sign up? Here's one of our subscribers bill from Arizona. I think it's great the way, uh, uh, you guys have handled it this year and appreciate the fact that, you know, you usually, uh, when you're able, respond pretty uh, quickly, either just to me or to, you know, to, to everybody. And it's nice to have a little insight on some things and then maybe an hour or two later, the story will break. I kind of feel like I'm sort of, you know, on the QT in the know and it's fun. Bill and all of our Indian Subtech subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the team and the best way to keep up is with indian subtext go to joinsubtext.com clevelandindians or text or joe at 216-208-4346 again that's joinsubtext.com clevelandindians or send a text message to 216-208-4346 we look forward to having you as a member of Indian subtext. Uh, here's a subscriber who, who wants to know uh, why Kansas City was going to was allowed to get Ben Benintendi to torment us 19 times a year. When uh, our, were the Indians afraid his 6.6 million uh, contract would balloon up to 12 million in in 22? Uh, you know, why couldn't they make an offer? Or why weren't they actively interested in? Uh, Benintendi
1: uh, at, at that point. Well, you know they had already made their move. Obviously, their outfield move with Rosario. Um, the you know Benintendi's making what six point six something like that, six point six two something like that this year. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it was you know obviously you know Ben uh, Rosario and and Hernandez were their two were there two trades. That, those that's the money they had. That's the money uh, you know Paul Dolan. You know, Chris Antonetti said uh, that Paul Dolan stretched uh, to uh, to sign Rosario, Rosario. So I just don't. You know, it, I think part of it was money, and part of it was uh, you know they've got some outfielders that they've got to find out about. Uh, but it would have been it would have been nice to see Rosario in left field and and Benatendi in right in a perfect world. But uh, it's not a perfect world right now for the Indians. All right. Uh, another, uh, comment from a subscriber says,
0: uh, the, the X factor here is Jimenez. Uh, I think if the the Indians can park him in Columbus for a month, they gain an extra year of service, uh, unless they get an offer, they can't refuse for, uh, Ahmed Rosario. I think he's on the team every day. As long as the tribe is in the hunt, uh, he had a solid season in 2019 with the Mets, uh, they could use 15 to 20 home runs. Uh, from from a guy playing shortstop, uh, it, it, I, the 15 to 20 home runs doesn't appeal to me necessarily as much as the uh, 15 to 20 errors in the season that he could commit might uh, might you know scare me away from him defensively. Uh, and just knowing what Jimenez would be able to give you defensively, uh, that's something that, that 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 I'm sort of looking forward to
1: seeing at some point out of Andres Jimenez. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. Um, you know, defense, you want, you know, shortstop, when you think of shortstop, you got to play defense. You know, you've got to have the guy there that's going to make the routine uh, play when with two outs in the ninth and a guy on third base in a one-run game, he's got to be able to make that play and, and throw across a diamond to, uh, you know, end the game. And, uh, you know, probably Jimenez is is probably better qualified to do that. Uh, and then you're juggling, you know, not a weak offense and, you know, Rosario's bat. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that uh, develops in spring training. I think they're both going to get a chance to play shortstop and uh, we'll see what, we'll see what happens.
0: Okay. The other side of the lineup debate here is the rotation. Uh, Here's a a subtexter from the uh, Toledo area code. Uh, asking, I wonder if the Indians will use the four and five rotation spots to alternate three or four different starters in an effort to limit innings. In effect, an eight-man rotation. Uh, Say, maybe have McKenzie and Quantrill begin the season, then after a couple of starts, send them down and move Logan Allen, uh, Plutko, Moss, uh, Trevor Stephan, or Jordan Humphreys for a couple of starts, and then go back to McKenzie and Quantrill. In any event, I could see some yo-yo between Cleveland, Cleveland, and Columbus. Plutko and Stefan are the only ones that have to stay up. And that, and that's because of uh,
1: options, right? Right. Yeah. You know, uh, Stefan is a rule five guy. So if he doesn't make the club, he's gotta he's gotta go back to the Yankees. At least the Indians have to offer him back to the Yankees, and Plutko's out of options. All right. So but but what do you
0: think of the idea of, you know. In some form, maybe that group of eight guys uh, as, as, a, as a starting rotation type deal. Obviously, at the top, with your set with Bieber, uh, Savalium, and, and Plesak, as long as they stay healthy and stay on schedule.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, we don't know about McKenzie, how he's going to hold up. You know, can he pitch 150 innings this year? Uh, so you're going to have to have some depth there. And, uh, you know, Cointreau, you know, it's still an unknown quality. Um, and so, you know, if you, if you have a Scott Moss, if you have Logan Allen, if you have a Plutko, maybe Plutko coming out, being the swing guy out of the bullpen and uh, you know, Logan Allen and, and, uh, and Moss are at triple A. Uh, you can bring those guys up and rotate them. I, I don't like the idea of just, you know, rotating them, you know, I guess, yeah, you're going to have to keep an eye on their innings. You know, that's, that's going to be the key. But I think if a guy is pitching well, you're not just going to take him out of the rotation.
0: Right. And, and by that same token, if he's, if he's struggling maybe a little bit, you want to, especially the young guys, you want to give them a chance to, to figure things out and develop. But, you know, like you said, we're, we're trying to manage innings here. We're trying to, to keep guys, young guys, from exposing themselves, you know, later on in the season. If you mentioned that 150 innings mark for McKenzie, boy, that's a win. If they can get him to that mark this season, I think that's a, a 100% win, regardless of what his record looks like. Unless he's just, unless last year was a complete anomaly and he's not that pitcher, I don't think that's the case. But I, I think if he, can, if he can be that guy and get to 150 innings this year, that's a total win for the Indians.
1: Yeah, definitely, and uh, you know we saw him. I'm going to be curious just how he holds his stuff, Joe. You know wh- how how he keeps that velocity because we saw some dips, you know, dip peaks and valleys last year, and and I think you know that may be you know it might be a little little harsh on him, but you know I think that's probably from not pitching for basically two years, right? I mean he right. was injured in the minors and and uh, you know had the shoulder, then he missed uh, you know two years ago he missed. Uh, half of the season with the forearm and, and two year was what 2019 he missed uh, with right. the shoulder shoulder so and forearm pitch. Back, yeah, so. back to back years. So, so I think, you know, maybe that caught up to him a little bit. Obviously I think it did caught up to him catch up. Okay.
0: Well, I, I guess all of this pitching debate uh, goes out the window when we, when we see the stories that are, they're being circulated right now and, and the, the discussion and the debate about uh, whether or not the ball was juiced last year. you think the you think the league juiced the ball you used uh, harder baseballs last year to to generate more home runs and more excitement in a in a 60 game season are there are there forces at work behind the scenes that would that would do such a thing, Paul? could you imagine
1: that? I you know, Joe, all anybody has done over the last six, seven, eight years when they complain about baseball is they say, there's nothing but strikeouts and home runs and walks, you know, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody. And uh, so why would you juice the baseball to, to, to increase home runs? I don't know, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, it, it's really an interesting debate, but, it, you know, and I think maybe they, you know, they monkey around with the ball almost every, every year. It seems like, you know, there's always complaints <clears throat> early in the year, you know, pitchers can't get a grip on the ball late in the year, it's, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It just goes back and forth to me.
0: I, part of the thing is, you know, Rawlings, the company that makes the baseballs is owned by major league baseball now, or is run by it's that that's part of the thing. So it's not like the balls are coming from a third party or something separate. This is uh, you know, it, it's going, it, it's, it's sort of known they set the parameters. Justin Verlander very outspoken about things like this, and it, it always sounds it always sounds like he's whining or complaining about something when he says it. But what he's saying is 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 absolutely one hundred percent true. Uh, yeah, it, 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 so when the story comes out this week that they're going to be using balls that have been deadened or you know aren't going to carry as far, we're going to see fewer home run. Expect to see fewer home runs this year. I don't know about expecting to see fewer home runs. The ball plays into it the the how tight the ball is the, the quality of the ball all that stuff uh, whether a team is using a humidor at their stadium and some are and some aren't but uh that all has to do it, it's still you've got to throw the ball and you've got to hit the ball and the way pitchers are built right now it's either going to be strikeouts or home runs
1: yeah and uh, you know the the humidor question really interests me joe you know in 2002 you know, the, the Rockies were the first team to introduce it. And uh, I remember it created headlines. uh, Mm -hmm. It was a big thing because, you know, the ball flies at, at, in, in Denver, uh, mile high, the mile high city, uh, you know, they, they were having outrageous games there and, you know, it was killing pitchers, pitchers were taking a beating and they were trying to find a way to equalize kind of the playing field and, and keep, you know, keep, keep the baseballs from drying out. And now, you know, there could be as many as ten teams using humidors this year, uh, just to uh, keep the balls, you know, at at uh, I guess you know at, at kind of you know factory the uh, factory factory consistency. Yeah, some some sort uh, of the, consistency. Yeah, and uh, the Indians aren't one of those teams. You know, they have. I, I talked to somebody with the Indians, and they said they have. They're not going to use a humidor. Uh, they have one of the most temperate climates in in the <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> so there's, but they do, they do keep it in, in like an, an air controlled, uh, they do keep the balls in an air controlled, uh, you know, as part of the part of progressive field. But this guy said in 10 years, everybody's going to have it. Every team is going to put, you know, have, ba- have their baseballs in a humidor.
0: Yeah. Tony Amato, I'm sure, uh, has, uh, has a lot to say about where they keep the baseballs. Uh, and, 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 yes, temperate climate. I'm looking at my window right now and saying, yeah, it's yeah, like it's three feet super, super temperate climate as I've got to go out and uh, and scrape the ice off my driveway. Uh, Hoinsey, we're going to wrap it up for this week uh, and, and be back next week. Hopefully uh, – that's it. This is the, the last – what? This is the last Thursday without baseball.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Tomorrow will be the last Friday without baseball. This will be the last weekend without baseball until – gosh, November. So we're, uh, we're ready to go. Here we go. All right. Let's hope they make it that far. (laughs) (laughs) We'll catch you again uh, next week on the Cleveland baseball talk podcast.